after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey kids, welcome to another episode, edition, installment of After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials, we talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Get off your monkey flunking tablet, flipping goof nuggets, son of a motherless goat. My name is Andrew Walsh and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. We are your hosts. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. I'm excited about today's show. It's a little bit different. Uh, we are leading with some kind of what I'm going to call news today, or at least news analysis, because we have some Spoken answers. like a true public radio veteran. <laughs> um, we have some answers. This is what I'm getting at here. One of the most talked about commercials, if not the most talked about commercial on this podcast has been what? Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders or the Chevy or the, ads, I, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I know you know was, what we're about to talk about, and you're trying to... I'm not going to... You're not going to throw me. I'm on my game. <laughs> Don't mess with me, Veeves. All right. Those Chevy focus group ads drive me crazy. Yeah. I've gone on many a rant about them. Um, They're the dark angel of this show. They are the dark angel of this show, and... I guess maybe I'll just play one. Is there any chance you guys don't know what I'm talking about? Quick setup here. There's a whole bunch of them. They've been running for a couple of years now. You have this guy that I always describe as a lumbersexual. I don't know if that's really... I feel like that's generous, honestly. (laughs) He's he's this kind of smarmy-ish guy with a beard, like with a hipster beard. And he's always talking to a group of people who they claim are not paid actors, but just real people. And he's telling them about Chevys. He's showing them new Chevys. He's, he's showing bragging them- about a bunch of J.D. Power Associate Awards. Exactly. And then these supposed real people are responding. These non-androids. These non-androids, these non-actors are uh, responding. I'm going to play for you the J.D. Power. Uh, J.D. Power and Associates. I J.D. Think. Power Only because it's been pounded into my brain. Hi, thanks for coming. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I like your suit. Hey, Dwayne, nice to meet you. Today, we're going to talk about quality. What does quality mean to you? Performance. Craftsmanship. You want to just be able to rely on it. This year, Chevy received more J.D. Power Initial Quality Awards than any other car brand. What do you think about that? It's really impressive, actually. I am surprised that it's Chevy. That's a lot of awards. That's impressive. Oh, did I mention that Chevy received more J.D. Power Initial Quality Awards than anyone else last year, too? Oh, hey. Oh, wow. This is the part of the commercial where suddenly the entire back wall of this giant room opens up and there's a whole nother set of Chevys from the previous year back there. Then another wall opens and there's more Chevys. They're so impressed. These people are blown away. They've never seen doors before. I call this the... um, I I call this... This show, the only laughs I'm going to get out of you this show are the ones when I mess up a word. Um, it's like the Get Smart commercial, right? The doors keep opening and they keep opening. My my reference point is uh, the MST3K doors that you oh, see yeah. when uh, when they come in and out of the movie. Right, right, right. Very similar thing. Um, well, I don't know if you and I are actually on the record as to whether or not we believe these are actors or real people. Once again, they claim in the commercial with text that these are real people, not actors. I know we've talked about this commercial before. Let me see. I assume that you and I both just kind of kept an open mind when we first talked as about this. As is our want. As is our want. 
This commercial begins with a little um, title that says these are real people, not actors. So clearly these are, I mean, are actors not real people? Is that how legally they, I mean, like, I know all these focus group ads, there's a certain amount of, you know, blurring of the lines as to how prepared and how normal and everyday the people are. But in this one, it is so clear. I mean, you look at the people so clearly this was a casting call and this is not how people react. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think that um, however they're defining real people, they're parsing it pretty fine. Huh. I guess I did have an opinion. And apparently, even back then, a year and a half ago, I did not know how to complete sentences. (laughs) I was a little bit worked up there. Um, That was from a very early episode of this show. Well, I'm always a little less skeptical than you, and I I find it hard to believe that they'll just straight up lie to us like that, but I, I, not hard to believe in the sense that I, I mean, I know advertisers lie all the time, but I'm always, I'm shocked anew every time it's I find out that it's so blatant. I will say that particular ad, one of the early ads in this campaign was a bunch of people walk into a room and this guy, the moderator, we'll call him, takes their cell phones and then pretends to grind them up or something in front of them. Um, I can't remember what the point is. Let's not get into it. It was but not a good point. Part of my rant that we just heard um, also goes on to say, like, how would these people not be swearing? You know, like, what the fuck are you doing to my phone, brah? Yeah. Well, we have an answer, Genevieve. We have an answer to exactly how real are these real people? And uh, that brings us to our segment, Commercials in the News. Commercials in the News! There is a long interview in the AV Club today uh, in their section called Expert Witness where they talk to somebody... one of these real people who participated in these ads. And I'll get right to the point 17 minutes into the show uh, and say, apparently, these are real people. And I'm going to read to you one man's experience. Now, he signed an NDA, which means he cannot reveal his identity and give some details of what happened in there. But if we trust the AV club, and I think I do, they said, I'm going to look for the quote here. It says, the AV club was contacted by a reader who appears one of the ads. He signed a hefty NDA legally prohibiting him from talking about the shoot. He was willing to dish the dirt as long as he was able to remain anonymous. We did a thorough background check, and then we agreed to the interview. Yeah, I think AV Club's reputable. I actually think so, too, Um, because they don't want to get hung out to dry on this. And as I read this interview, it doesn't seem like somebody who works for Chevy who's, like, faking it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So let me tell you how this anonymous person was first approached to be in this commercial. Um, he was walking down the street and, uh, somebody with like an iPad slash clipboard situation stopped him and started asking him some marketing questions. And this guy kind of knew what was going on because apparently he had taken part in other kind of focus group stuff before and he knows how it works. He says, you can make some pretty good money. You go into an office atmosphere, some sort of a boardroom atmosphere. They show you a bunch of pictures of things, um, or they ask you their general questions about your attitude towards 
products and stuff yeah, like I've, that. When I was a uh, when I was much younger and much broker, I made a few bucks doing focus groups. Mm-hmm. It's it's a pretty easy gig, easy way to make 15, 20 bucks. And I've been on the other side of the glass before. The only focus group I was in, I think the only focus group I was in, I was on the the dark side of the glass watching them on some public radio thing. Oh yeah, and I've also conducted focus groups. Yeah, that always make, doesn't make you feel like really powerful like the smoking man or something. Well, I was usually the person sort of in the room doing oh, doing the oh, right. interviewing and questions and stuff. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I know I did uh, participate in a focus group one time too, but I'm just blanking on what it was for. Anyway, let's come back to this. So this guy says, you know what? I'm a freelancer. I have a schedule that allows for this kind of stuff. If I can make a little extra money, I'll do it. He did things for like gum or something before. So he says yes to this. And uh, I'm going to start reading directly from the AV Club interview with him now. And this is him talking in the first person. They said it's going to be about two hours of your time. And I was like, okay, sure. Uh, When I got the email, it said to show up at the L.A. Convention Center, which was the first, I don't want to say red flag, but, and the AV Club says, your first indication. And our anonymous guy says, yeah, the first indication that something was up, because I don't know why they would have a boardroom in the L.A. Convention Center. That's when things got weird. They directed me to a hall at the convention center that was completely empty. I want to uh, interject here and say he didn't know specifically that this was for Chevy at this point. He just knew it had something to do uh, with uh, cars. So I won't read all of this detail directly, but they are acting a little bit sketchy. The handlers, they have them sign a whole bunch of forms. Um, and they're waiting around in this kind of dark, darkish hallway, waiting to go through these big doors. And the people who are running this seem very much on edge. At one point, the guy says, okay, open the doors. And then he says, wait, 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 nope. I guess they all are wearing these uh, little earpieces. I can't remember how he described it. It's really being produced. Like a Britney Spears-style headset. And like, yeah, it's very produced. And they're saying, open the doors. No, 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 don't open the doors yet. Hold on, we're still getting something ready. And this guy's like, what is going on? He thinks he's just going to be sitting around a long table looking at pictures of cars. Even after they've got him mic'd up? Well, he signed papers, I'm assuming, that say, yes, we will record this. And he's probably thinking, well, he is already thinking something weird is going on here. Uh, But he doesn't know what it is. And then the guy who's kind of in charge back there says, all right, it's time. Open the doors. And now I'm going to read directly from this interview. Our anonymous man says, in the commercial, when you see these people walk in, they're just kind of stunned by what's going on. It was extremely stunning that they didn't use my walk-in because I was literally astonished and amazed at how we'd gone from this weird, dark corridor to this really immaculately lit room with all these wooden walls. And there's just this one guy standing there in a suit, just smiling at us in complete silence. Behind him, something popped through one of the walls. It was a giant crane with a camera on it that was moving very slowly, but still making this grinding, chugging noise. And then the spokesperson says, hey, guys as we walk in and it was another long walk to get over to where he was standing in complete silence everyone's just really confused i felt nervous it was weird i'd seen commercials before so i knew exactly what this was but i didn't know what the gag was in this particular commercial because it didn't look like it was a gag it was the commercial with the four cars where he talks about all the jd power awards that that's the one that we just played 
And he says it was weird because once we got in there into this big open room, he didn't tell us where to stand or anything. He didn't point at anything. We just magically got in that line of four people horizontally right in front of him. It was like he had this weird power over us. When I was talking to people in the lobby, no one seemed enthusiastic about anything. The second we get in there, it's like magically everyone was the world's biggest Chevrolet fan. I can't stress enough that I'm a real person and not an actor. None of these people were actors because I asked them what they did for a living. They suddenly became these perfect spokespeople when this guy started asking questions like, what's the first word that comes to your mind when you think about Chevy? Literally, the guy next to me was like, freedom. Our interviewee laughs here. He was suddenly so patriotic. He was like, American-made cars, quality. All of these people were spewing out these buzzwords. Then they got to me and they were like, what do you think about Chevy? And I was like, popular? I'm not going to say I don't like Chevy or I won't drive a Chevy or whatever, but it's a car. It's not the American flag or the Statue of Liberty. They want us to be all about how the cars are American made and that stuff. They asked us what we drove and no one there actually drove a Chevy. Um, and then he starts getting in this J.D. Power stuff and he's asking us what the, the, the if we know what these awards are. And we kind of don't really. And we've heard J.D. Power a bunch of times. I'm paraphrasing here, obviously. One thing, if I can skip ahead here, Vives. One thing that I liked in here is he's talking about how it seems like they're all actors because they're giving these really, you know, like he says, buzzwordy, perfect, on-point answers about Chevys, but it's totally controlled by the way this guy asked these questions. There have been a lot of psychological experiments where people are just, um, they're afraid of authority Mm -hmm. and they're easily easily moved into wanting to be people pleasers. Most people are people pleasers. And so all, none of these people buy Chevys, but when they get the sense, when the, when, the, when it's communicated to them in some way, verbally or non-verbally, that the right answer is to say nice things about Chevy, mm-hmm. it's very hard. And I, I, you know, I think I probably would be equally guilty. I don't think I would, I don't think I would be the person who'd be like, I don't know, American made crap, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be like, what is this, a FOD focus? I'm not going to be that guy. (laughs) And one thing I like... You want to be polite. The urge to be polite is so overwhelming for most people. And the guy that's being interviewed here says at one point that... And they probably selected for the people who were more likely to be polite in some some winnowing process. That's a really good point. And he he says, regarding like my hatred of of this kind of host of these commercials, he says, everybody's hating on this guy, but it's like the hardest job in the world and this guy is doing it really well. So this interviewee guy, he's not like some huge fan wanker of these commercials or of Chevy, but he is saying being in that room, this guy has a job to do, whether we like it or not. And he does it really well. And he gave him a lot of props for that. Well, I do not like it. Well, that's kind of the thing that I mean, to jump ahead. My conclusion is Reading all of this gives me a better appreciation of, I think, the jobs that people perform to have to make this happen. But I don't care because it's still a shitty series of commercials that yeah. make me hate Chevy even more than I already hated Chevy. I mean, maybe the Match.com spokesperson isn't a sexual predator. <laughs> right. I mean, it's imp- it's entirely possible, but that's the vibe I get from him. Here's a more... Um, Uh, Here's a little bit more detail about how they were able to elicit certain answers from these people, because one of the parts 
that you and I find very laughable about these ads is when there's some dumb woman in the car. She's like, she's in this shitty Chevy, and she's like, I feel like I'm in a Mercedes. Right. Here's a little backstory on that. I'm reading directly here. He took us inside the cars, and they have this camera in every single car as he asked us stuff like, what do you think about the interior of the car? How does it feel? How does the steering wheel feel? He said, cover up the insignia on the steering wheel. There's a big Chevy symbol right there, and he says, cover that up for a second to the person in the driver's seat. Then he goes, now, what kind of car are you inside? And this girl next to me goes, you know what? I feel kind of like I'm in a Mercedes. <laughs> and then our interviewee laughs and says, like, what are these people doing? But again, they're into it now, right? The second they realize that they're kind of in this commercial, they just, they turn on. These people are the human equivalent of Clever Hans. Do you know who Clever Hans is? No. Clever Hans was a horse that people thought could count. Oh. And uh, the its trainer or owner would say, like, would hold up, you know, 10 plus 1, and the the horse would stamp 11 times. The horse wasn't counting or I'm adding. Sure. You're sure? Yes. What it was doing was responding to a subtle and involuntary movements in its trainer's face. Mm-hmm. When the trainer would relax, the face would relax when it got to the right number, so it would stop stamping. That's what these people are doing. Mm-hmm. They're trying to please the. They're trying to get the right expression on Beardy's face. I think you're right. As a matter of fact, that's a perfect segue. Again, a quote here: "We never retook a take, but you felt really bad about saying something negative about Chevy because there were 50 cameras on you, and it was just this one guy. He did this magic trick of making it seem like you were hurting his feelings if you said anything bad about Chevy. You didn't want to see this guy stop smiling. It was really bizarre. That right there is why this is not a real focus group. Mm-hmm. They may not be real. They may not be actors. They may mm-hmm. be real people." But there, it's not a focus group. I mean, the idea that it's a real focus group is still a total yes, that, joke. That's a good point. Um, small little dazzling detail here that doesn't have a lot to do with our jobs. But you know, he was promised two hundred bucks for this, but they got a hundred and fifty dollars in Visa gift cards. And then a check for the remaining 50. And uh, our interview, he says he doesn't know exactly why that is, but he, he spent his 150 <laughs> that day. He said everything went through and he wasn't taxed on it. So it wasn't a problem. But there's something going on there because, I mean, obviously Chevy or whatever this ad company is can dole out money, but it must have something to do with maybe uh, taxes or, or... It's either taxes or some sort of... Um, acting guild thing? Uh, I would be more inclined to guess that it has to do with a visa partnership that they got these as like a oh, some maybe. sort of sweetener from visa huh that's interesting i visa thought for wa- sure it's more like getting around something because the visa i mean it's only like what the hundred people maybe who participate in these ads get visa gift cards is that that big of a deal for visa or chevy it may just be like something that's uh part of a larger agreement or, or hmm. partnership with visa that maybe. they're able to like at, toss it on to an existing partnership mm-hmm. more cheaply. Um, uh, so this guy, uh, he he is only, like, I think they we see him for a second in a commercial, his back. He doesn't get a speaking part. He says that he really is hoping that... Um, oh, so they do identify him in one of the videos. I mean, that seems like it could make it easy to figure out who he really is. Well, all we know is he doesn't have a speaking part because he says that they told him if you get a... If he didn't, we use he didn't any sufficiently lines, fillet Chevy. Yes. He said if, if, if they use any of our lines, we'd get paid more under SAG rules. Um, but uh, they didn't use... As a matter of fact, so, he even said, he said, I was hoping and praying they would use my face or voice, but they never did. It's probably because I was looking around at everything, constantly laughing. My reaction to everything was laughing laughter like 
here's the fifth set of doors opening and 20 more cars. You couldn't not laugh at this guy who was trying so hard. That's pretty much it outside of the specifics. He does say earlier on when he's describing this time when those doors are opening, he says he's really impressed with the editing because when those doors were opening, they were opening so slowly. And he said with a deafening grinding sound. So nobody could talk or say anything. And obviously I was reading this, but it's just like, (laughs) these doors slowly open he said it was like so awkward because everybody's just standing around around. and he said that's why not to make eye contact with beardy yeah so he said that uh he's actually kind of impressed with the the editing because then it's you know quiet he says he sees the commercials now and he laughs because those doors open so quickly and quietly in post-production um but he does say i'm a firm believer it was all real people not actors in my group it's just because people suddenly felt the need to be excited or respectful or trying to give really good answers about it's Chevy on camera. It's to me. Really? Yeah. I mean, an actor has a job to do mm-hmm. and they got to, and I, I, that's part of, I think part of why I, part of me has always believed that these are real people in that sense is that they're not very good actors. Um, so it not, doesn't surprise me that they're, that they're not. Um, but Chevy would probably have been better off, or at least I would find these commercials more tolerable if you had people who could convincingly convey um, excitement about a product instead of what this obviously has always been, which is someone who feels social pressure to uh, stamp 11 times. He says the way they set up these questions. It's a great psychology experiment. He says, the way they set up these questions, it was hard to get someone to say, yeah, I really don't drive a Chevy. I drive a Toyota, and I never really have a problem with it. They were asking us for all these one-word responses. No one's going to say, what's the first word you think of when you hear the word Chevrolet and have someone reply, bullshit? It's not going to happen. We're paid to be there, and there are all these cameras or whatever. But Um, to call it a focus group is a mm -hmm. farce. Of course, we're the ones who applied the term focus group, right? Do they ever say focus group in these ads, or do they just say these are real people, not actors? They don't, maybe they don't say focus group, but it's heavily implied that these people are being asked for their honest opinion. And these are not conditions in which you would be able to give your honest opinion. I think we have all of our answers here. I just want to share with you. I I think that this guy's take on JD Power and Associates Awards now is kind of interesting after all of this. He says, I'm still not really sure what a JD Power and Associates no Award one is, is, sir. And they explained it to us. I didn't retain <laughs> it at all, but I am genuinely surprised to hear that Chevy has won more unimportant <laughs> awards than any other car manufacturer. Everyone's heard of JD Power. They don't know what it is, but it's in every commercial. I will say the awards they were showing us were like best performance within six months of ownership or whatever. There are no awards for 10 years and not breaking down a single time. It's all these awards that are right at the front end when you're purchasing the car or before it even gets off the lot. So really best brand new car is what these awards are for. I was, I almost bought a Kia once and I was going to buy a used Kia and the person like the dealer I was buying it from, or I think it was like a mechanic who was selling it basically said, don't waste your money. Like it's Mm. fine as a new car. You'll get, you know, you'll get however many, you know, 80,000, hundred thousand miles out of it or whatever that it'll be fine. Um, but don't buy it used cause it's, it's essentially a disposable car. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, I found all that, uh, interesting. Uh, clearly you and I were very, very right when we said that clearly these are actors who are high. I think I even said in that clip of tape, clearly there was a casting call. So I guess not really a casting call. I mean, obviously there's vetting. Yeah. I think, I think what we, I think we were, we were right in this, in the, 
we were right in the spirit of it, if not in the letter of it. Um, and I, and then that's why I think I've always hedged a little bit and said, well, I, I find it surprising that they would just straight up lie to us. They didn't straight up lie to us. They told the truth. But there's, um, in addition to what we know is selective editing, there's also this interesting, I think what's interesting about this story to me is the revelation of like, how much of this we do to ourselves just mm-hmm. because we don't want to disappoint someone and the conditions that producers and showrunners, you know, which is essentially what they were doing here, can create. I mean, it's reality TV does this mm-hmm. too, right? Like we see it with The Bachelor. We see it with any of these shows where it's like a sort of a game show type of setup with normal people or ostens- or basically normal people, regular people who are put in front of a camera it's very possible, given what we know about human psychology, to make people react in a certain way. And if somebody bucks the trend and says, Chevys are a pile of crap, well, you just don't show that person. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. You had the perfect power out there, Veeves. I didn't want to sully it. I want to go right to it's the music. It's a JD power out. <laughs> By far the best joke of this show so far. Uh, let's go over um, some ad council submissions. This is, of course, where we read your guys' emails, your V-mails, your posts on the uh, Facebook group. By the way, if you have not joined the Facebook group, I say it every week. Uh, it's a real fun place to be. So uh, check out After These Messages show on Facebook, where a lot of your fellow ad counselors are arguing about commercials, sharing commercials, uh, collectively groaning about commercials, etc. And you can always Loving email commercials, us. crying about commercials. That's right. It's the, it's the whole spectrum of human emotion. The entire gamut. You can also email us at After These Messages show at Gmail. And our voicemail line is 607-444-5597. Our uh, first note here comes from Carolyn, who posted on our Facebook page talking about that brown sugar bourbon ad that we played last week on the I, show. I have to tell you, I went back and listened. To, I listened to the show every week, mm-hmm. and I was listening to it, and I can't understand how I couldn't hear the BSB mm-hmm. because now I cannot unhear it. Uh-huh. But in the same way, like a magic I, eye, sort of. It was. It's like a magic eye. Is I cannot. I cannot ever unhear it, but I know that for months, I just didn't hear those words. All right. I'm not going to play them both because we spent a lot of time on this last week and people can go back. But if if you are new to the show, what we're talking about is there's a local commercial just here in Seattle for something called uh, Brown Sugar Bourbon from Heritage Distilling. And we found it bizarre because there are no words. There's just this car driving on, on a road and the car speeds by and then they say BSB brown sugar bourbon and we thought that's weird you're mixing cars and booze and what's the message here well it turns out it was a uh, kind of an homage to an old Rainier beer ad that ran here locally uh, for years and years where a motorcycle drove by now in that motorcycle ad you could hear the motorcycle was going Rainier beer uh, only way extended once we knew that we realized this car commercial was doing the same thing with BSB B-S-B. 
but we, I, I now I can't like you. I can't unhear the BSB. I feel crazy I that I could ever not hear. It, I know. Honestly. I know. We saw that commercial a lot. Carolyn says, listening to the show last week, I immediately knew what that bourbon ad was an homage to. The Rainier beer ad was one of my favorites as a kid. I love the ad, love the nod to old school Seattle, and I love their knowledge of old Seattle sports sponsors. I think that's a, a, a really, I mean, I totally came around on that commercial. When I first saw you it, You brought me like, around on it. I was like, this is bizarre and yeah. weird, but um, there's something no, about this, it. This commercial represents a, like a huge evolution for my, in my thinking. This is from listener Laurel. Uh, she posted this to our Facebook page last week, maybe the week before. You and I were talking about ads where people rap in them. Yeah, it was a in response to the Ruby Tuesdays bad rap uh, with the woman who did a rap about the salad bar. Yes. That was tragic and apparently like 40 minutes long apparently i'd only seen the short one on oh TV. yeah um so anyway laurel says speaking of whacktastical <laughs> fast food videos and really questionable rapping here's this and she sent us a link to a wendy's training video <gasps> for cold drinks have you seen or heard no this yet? but anything that's that's got training video in it for fast food i would love to see and my guess is this is probably um early 90s the the Visuals are just supreme. So I really encourage you to go to that Facebook page and check this out. But I think you'll also enjoy the audio here. Drinks. Cold. Are you ready? Here we go. Soft drinks, lemonade, water, cold tea. It's up to you. It's up to me. Cold drinks come in four cups. Gotta know the size before you fill it up. Now I'd like to point out, so this is a... um, white woman probably in her 20s she is just quintessential kind of 90s and she's doing this real come hither flirty thing with the yeah, camera but, she, but keep in mind she's dressed in the wendy's counter server outfit yes and she's behind the counter to wendy's um this is magical <laughs> maybe whacktastic it is whacktastical Biggie, medium, small, kids meal, keep it straight, it's a good deal. Use the scoop to fill with ice, never use the cup, take my advice. For soft drinks, fill the ice halfway, no matter the size, that's what I say. Tilt the cup and push against the lever, keeps the foam down now, isn't that clever? If there's still foam, let it settle down, don't pour it off, or your boss will frown. When you reach a quarter inch from the top, that's where you want to stop. If the customers say they want to stay... Put the drink on the left-hand side of the tray. If the order's to go, put the lid on tight. Make sure it pops to do it right. Then hand that drink to the coordinator and tell the guest you'll see him later. Break it down. God. Don't forget to smile when you serve cold drinks. Always say thank you. I'm going to do this at karaoke from now on. This is my new go-to. I'm going to learn it, and I'm going to find. I'm going to somehow find the the music, the the just the background music, um, and I am going to just rock the shit out of this. I want to point out that uh, according to this, this is my new favorite thing. Is what I'm saying. Not only is this woman doing the rapping parts, but she's also doing the soulful backing vocals because she's lip syncing. It is the total package. Please tell me that there's a whole series of these because this is literally limited to cold drinks. <laughs> yes. I want to know how you wrap, how you make a chicken sandwich. I want to know how you make a frosty. I want the whole series. Don't forget to smile when you serve 
that can make the difference. For lemonade, things stay the same. Half full with ice. I said it again. Fill the juice to a quarter inch from the top. Just like you did the pop. Water <laughs> is a courtesy to our guests. Use a small cup, you know the rest. Now it's time to serve cold tea, but the ice is different. Listen carefully. Instead of half full, fill it all the way up to the top of the cup. Add the tea, and if they ask for a lemon, put it here. Now that's a given. Cold drinks, that's all there is to it. Go ahead and try. I know you can do it. God, those bedroom eyes at the end, huh? Oh, my God. The whole thing is just spectacular. That's your new favorite thing? Yeah. It's my new, who sent that in? That is from Laurel. Um, Laurel. Laurel, yes. thank you. Yes. That is like... There's a don't make that rap video kind of rap. Mm-hmm. And then there's go all the way around <laughs> and do make that rap video because it was great. Yeah, and I can't I can't find uh, any of them right now, but I know I've seen other like kind of train. Oh, Sizzler. Have you ever heard? We use this on TBTL a lot. Have you ever seen the Sizzler training video? I don't think so. Let me see if I can find this one. I could actually be wrong. I guess it says this is a Sizzler promotional commercial from 1991, but it's definitely along the same lines. I love this music. All across America. The beat's not hard enough for me. No. The song is growing stronger every day. It tells us when we listen. We're just seeing these images, like stock footage, almost images of uh, like Americans being Americans, including like a sailor on a boat who's like right out of The Simpsons. Yeah. Is everyone in this commercial white? Yes. Yeah. Since this is a promotional ad, this is we're we're back on mission, by the way, Vives. The training video is not technically yeah. on mission. Although I think this says it's for investors. Yes, I think this is like a corporate Oh my god, they have an actual guy in a sailor suit sitting down with his girl in front of like the des- the America, destroyer in the background. A revolution has been taking place. More and more, both parents are working and raising families. Oh my God, this is from Life 91. Life seems to be yeah. moving faster than ever. And Americans have rediscovered, are oh, redefining a black family. what's really important in their lives. They want quality in their personal life, in their business life, in the goods they purchase, and in the food they eat. They want good, basic home cooking, quality food, and they want choices, variety, all at a reasonable price. Americans want value. Brings the choices that you've been looking for in giving you the right to choose. We're offering much more <laughs> by holding to traditions, yet changing with the times. Choices and selections, choices of directions, choices that can add a little freedom in your. And yeah, by the way, we are just rolling this whole damn thing. I guess so. 
imagining the like scenario in which somebody sat through this for anything other than to laugh at it. Oh, I, I'm. Have you ever had to sit in some sort of corporate meeting? Yes, they, yeah. I have, and it's bad, and it feels bad, and they should feel bad for making you do it. Wonderful hot appetizers, tantalizing combination. I used to go to Sizzler all the time with my family and grandparents. Courteous, friendly service. When you're a kid, like anything where there's unlimited pudding seems like a good deal. With two completely different dining experiences in one restaurant, the Grill, with a variety of distinctive platters served at your table, and the Buffet Court, a whole experience on its own, where you create delicious combinations just the way you want them. It's a restaurant within a restaurant with all Somebody the value, was quality, and freedom of choice. Somebody was pouring chocolate sauce onto whipped cream Americans on top of a slice of watermelon, by the way. Which it's is an unique flavor it's profile. The competition, Sizzler for the '90s, exactly what America wants. Sizzler is the choice of America. I just love the mix of patriotism and a changing world. Like, remember, this all started with just like, "Hey, mom's working now." Like, I'm not exactly sure how that connects, other than like, I almost get the impression that they were saying like, "The world is moving fast. Life comes at you fast." The ladies be working now, and we just want one piece of old America that feels traditional and reliable and comfort foody. Yeah, I mean, this does sort of uh, scan as a Trump propaganda video. Yes, it really does. Matter of fact, is that Eric Trump right there at the final shot? <laughs> uh, worth yeah, it? Yeah, Eric Trump works at a Sizzler. Every now and then on the show, um, we will play something that is a little bit off topic and I get obsessed with the audio and I make you sit through it and then I cut it out later. That's mm-hmm. happened probably the last four episodes. I'm not cutting that. All right. I loved every last second of that four minutes and 42 seconds. It was a long time. It was a long time. And it, you know what? It felt like eight. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like the sizzler wind chill factor. Um, our last email was from Laurel. This one is from Lauren. We might just have one listener who's just changing her name by one letter each time. Mm-hmm. We also have one coming up from Florin <laughs> and one from Lorbel. Um, La- Laurel says she Lauren hates, says. Lauren <laughs> hates this commercial for Dole Fruit Cups, which I had never seen before. I don't know if you've seen this, Veeves. It is a couple of couples who just got off the tennis court, okay? And we see the one couple sit down, and they're wearing red shirts for whatever it's worth, and they both have their fruit cups. They're off-brand mixed fruit cups. And they put them down on the picnic table, they take their fork, they poke a hole in the lid of this thing, and they start draining the juice out of the fruit cup because they don't want to eat it. It makes their fruit soggy. That's mm-hmm. the visual of what's happening here. The other couple that they're with, they have a different brand of fruit cup. They have a Dole fruit cup, and they like the juices in theirs. The way they get this message across is notable. Hey, good match, guys. Mm, you too. Thank you, you too. Oh, they're drainers. Well, these have syrup. So we drain it. Well, these Dole fruit bowls are packed in 100% fruit juice. So you don't drain it? No, we drink it. Mmm, isn't that awesome? It actually is. Dole, the only nail brand that packs its entire line of regular... Okay, Um, I 
think uh, Bloren says it best. She says, you guys, I can't with the horrible, smug drinker chick in the Dole Fruit Bowl commercial. First of all, drainers is unidiomatic, which I'm not even sure what that means, but it sounds like something you would say. <laughs> well, I'm not sure exactly why drainers is unidiomatic here. What does idiomatic mean? Well, um, idiom, idiom is just kind of like... Um, like an idiom is like a saying, right? Well, it is, but idiom idiom is like the way we the sort of the the syntax and the way the the way in which a, a language is spoken that um, might not be easily immediately understood by a foreign speaker. So someone could come here, they could learn English, could learn all the vocabulary, could learn um, the you know the grammar, but the sort of turns of phrases mm-hmm. that are sure. yeah okay. that are just native to English speakers or American English speakers, that's idiomatic. You're, you're beating a dead horse. What do you mean? I'm not... Yeah, but I even just even more subtle things like that, just the sort of the, the phrasing that's typical of a particular okay. spoken language. Well, then I think she's right. Drainers is unidiomatic. It's not. It's like they're trying to create something here. She says, no one's coining terms for the style by which people eat fruit cups, much less derogatory terms. And right. come to think of it, who over the age of seven even eats fruit cups? Your grown-ups cut a damn peach and bring it to your picnic. Capital G. Yeah, I agree. And the, the idea that all four of these people are all eating fruit cups and they, you know, and then they have like a whole fruit cup culture around it is pretty laughable. They, this commercial also does a thing that I, I always enjoy slash hate in commercials, which is the the antagonists the villains or the the people who you're not supposed to root for in the commercial are dressed in a way that signals that they are unlikable somehow mm-hmm. and the normals or the the protagonists are dressed in a slightly more approachable way so uh the our drainer couple is wearing this like matching red sweater set and it's very they're very matchy matchy the dole couple is also matching, but in a more subtle way, in a more natural looking mm-hmm. way. And it's a thing that commercials will always do when they want you to know that this person's judgment is suspect and this person's judgment is sound. And I just want everybody to know that Genevieve can use the word drainer because she is a drainer. <laughs> I haven't had a fruit cup in 10 years. Also, we clearly have a situation where we're supposed to associate with one couple because they're eating the product that we're supposed to buy. But I hate the couple that we're supposed to associate with. They're even worse. I mean, you should see the look on this woman's face when she's like, we drink it. And then she like just takes the biggest like fuck you sip out of a fruit cup that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's one of those commercials where it relies on a a completely made up uh cultural thing kind Mm -hmm. of i think it's a little bit like it's not how fast you mow it's how well you mow fast where it's like that's not a that's not i mean talk about unidiomatic like that is not a saying that is not a that is not a cultural touch point we have to do a show about radio commercials i don't know how i'm going to do this i seem to like record an entire they're just yeah i mean they're hard to capture that's because there are so many that i think about a lot because they're just in heavy rotation during these Mariners games. And there's this one for Safeco Insurance. There's actually a couple of them. And the voice that you hear, like the narrator of the commercial, is supposed to be unlikable. But you have to hear it so many times to kind of figure out, like, why would they do this structure? And here's how it goes. You hear this woman say, 
My neighbors have an SUV. I call it the pack mule. They're always going out on adventures and putting a bunch of stuff in their in their SUV and going out for the weekends. I say, just stay at home. And then the commercial ends with a voiceover saying, Safeco Insurance, because there are people out there who want to live adventurous lives, and we now cover Not SUVs like and bitch. motorcycles. And it's like, wait, so the whole person who's been talking this whole time... We're supposed to hate her, but she's the voice of most of yeah. the commercial. Why would you? And it's even harder when you don't see these people. There's another one where that woman or another woman says, oh, my neighbor, he has a motorcycle. He says it's a sense of freedom. And she hates on the motorcycle. It's like, because you, when you listen to the radio commercials, you're you're primed to hear a voice that is the proxy for you. Right. And instead, we're supposed to like hate on the woman who's been talking it is just yeah. such a tortured way of doing things and also who complains i mean maybe a neighbor would complain if somebody had a noisy motorcycle next door but an suv are you right. kidding me everybody dr- you, it's hard not to buy an suv these days yeah. everything is just like yeah uh, uh, you really I'm have to be apoplectic. scraping the bottom of the complaint barrel to be mad that your your neighbor goes canoeing every weekend or whatever yeah and They've been running these same ads for at least three years. Like every year, these come back during baseball season. Um, okay, while we're just kind of on a bit of <laughs> what do they call it in uh, Fahrenheit four fifty one? Is it thirty seconds of hate or whatever, <laughs> whatever rage? Five minutes of rage or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I have one more rageful email here. This is from listener Tracy, who says, "Have you seen this commercial for Subway? I hate it so." much now i'm going to describe it i've seen this is very very visual we see it a lot then you have some guy and he's standing in a subway and he takes a bite of his sandwich and then after he takes a bite of his sandwich his legs start doing some sort of a happy dance but it becomes very clear that it's not like made with whiz bang technology it's very clear that they just split the screen yeah. and they taped and it's him. It's intentionally yeah, a split they, screen. They taped his torso up top and then down below his legs are just doing this happy dance while his top is eating a Subway sandwich. Um, but yeah, they don't line up. Like at a certain point, his torso stops lining up nicely with his legs. And I got to say, every time I see it, I'm like, but why would you make that decision? You easily have the technology yeah. just to make it seamless. And it would be funnier if you just had this guy looking like he's all one person and it's not split screens. I'll play this for you, and then I'll read the comment. This is how it feels when you eat a Subway $6 footlong sub of the day. It's the taste you love at a price you can't get enough of. Yeah. The $6 Like, the, it's so the, close to being on. Exactly. It's one of those, it's, it's like, it's close enough for most of the shot that it looks like it just, like, the legs are supposed to still be attached to him. But then... They, it's like they just did sloppy work, and they're like, "Well, sometimes the sometimes it splits off, and you can tell they're not connected." Like, yeah, either do- go janky yeah. or or don't go janky, but don't just do it in the middle. It feels it's very like a real real muddle of a concept um, where they had an idea, it seemed relatively cheap to do it, and they let their intern do the digital editing. Um, Tracy says basically what we said. She says, I hate it so much. I don't know if we're honestly supposed to believe that those are the sandwich eating guy's legs or not, but the torso doesn't line up half the time. So it has a very bizarre effect. And I see this about 50 times an episode on Hulu and it drives me crazy. And that's the other thing too. Like the more these things are, the best commercial in the world, you'll start to hate it after a while. I wonder if that's going to have to start changing because people... Nick talked about this a lot in our last episode. You know, he doesn't watch normal terrestrial TV anymore, but he watches 
lots of media and there's always ads. They always find a way to show you ads. But typically for those kinds of streaming services, it is the same one or two ads that you see over and over Mm -hmm. again. And for an ad that isn't good, it really drives you crazy. And even for an ad that's pretty good, you're really sick of it after a while. I think that some of these advertisers are going to need to get smart about creating some kind of content that doesn't make people just furious to see it for the millionth time, that that, that somehow has um, a narrative over time or yeah, some sort yeah. of hidden feature. I don't know how they, how they would do it, but this is going to make people insane. I think a narrative over time is really smart if they can find an affordable way to do that. I, Geico is the closest, yeah. and we've read some commentaries, I think, on this show uh, from people praising that. Um, Geico has these like web-only quick 10-second commercials that – you can actually go to their website to see what happened kind of behind the scenes of the, not behind the scenes of this commercial, but to get the rest of the story of the commercial sort of they're purposely mysterious and they have a lot of them. Yeah. So they can just keep on, you know, I don't understand how the insurance companies, other than I guess just insurance companies are super rich, how they're able just to crank out so much original content. And Subway, which is also a huge company, relies on the same ad over and over and over. I mean, look at Progressive. They're constantly creating new flow ones, and they're not even all flow ads. Yeah. Geico, just a new ad every day. Yeah, it's we've talked about this before that insurance is a is one of the rare products, if not the only product that you are required to buy in most right, markets. Right, 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 right. Um, so there is a huge incentive because the pool of potential customers is so big. There's a huge incentive to steal the customers uh, of your competitors. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Anyway, well, thanks everybody. Great emails today. You can sell. We said it before, we're going to say it again. Veeves, I'm exhausted. Tell everybody how they can reach out to us. You can reach out to us at Gmail, After These Messages Show at Gmail. You can find us on Facebook, After These Messages Show. We're a Facebook group. It's poppin'. And you can always call us at 607-444-5597. I'll repeat it, 607-444-5597. Five five nine seven. Thanks everybody. Talk to you next Tuesday. Caveman porn star riding on a unicorn, undercover cop, and I'm wearing a uniform. Plus, I wrote all of my rhymes in cuneiform. Hell of years ago, BC. You better be informed if you don't get it. Get a computer.